0: What's up, Central Illinois? Derek Hayden here. Garrett and I love sharing all the awesome stories about our Central Illinois business leaders. We want to make sure our Central Illinois businesses are protected so we can continue to share all these great stories. That's why you should consider another great Central Illinois company, Pekin Insurance, for your business insurance needs. That's right. You can get all the commercial insurance coverages that your company needs from an excellent insurance company headquartered right here in Pekin, Illinois. Pecan Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important to you, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pecan Insurance agent about their commercial insurance products or learn more at pecaninsurance.com. You can also contact your favorite podcast host, Garrett or myself, Derek, and we'll go beyond the expected for you
1: welcome to the central illinois business leaders podcast where business owners thought leaders and community champions from across central illinois come to share their story the central illinois business leaders podcast anything less would be uncivilized
0: What's up, Central Illinois? I'm Derek Hayden. I'm here with Garrett Ulmer. We are your hosts for the Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast, powered by Zambu. Zambu is a delicious grapefruit or wild berry vodka-based spirit infused with a Brazilian buzz button. It's smooth, tasty, and leaves you with a signature tingle. Learn more at ZambuLiquors.com. Zambu, taste the tingle. All right, Central Illinois, today's guest is the CEO of Room Ready, based out of Normal Illinois. Ladies and gentlemen of Central Illinois, please welcome Aaron McCardle. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We're excited to have you joining us. Yes, we we had a really good recommendation from uh, from our buddy over at Beer Nuts, Andy. And uh, anytime (laughs) anytime Andy sends us someone, we're like, that's probably someone we need to get on the show. So we're excited to learn your story a little bit. Before we kick into your story, though, I'm going to hand the mic
1: over to Garrett, and we're going to take you through our speed round. Yeah, yep. Like like Derek said, we're going to have a couple questions here. Six questions in under 60 seconds. And uh, for our listeners to get a better idea of who Aaron is. So on your, you ready? All right, let's do it. All right. First concert you ever attended?
0: Uh,
1: Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Springfield, Illinois, the State Fair. Awesome. <laughs> Favorite movie? Smoky and the Bandit. <laughs> I don't think we've heard that one yet. Good yep, deal. It's new. Favorite ice cream flavor? Um, um, uh, rum raisin. All right. Okay. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Favorite social media platform? Facebook. All right. And now I know you, this is typically where we ask why Central Illinois, I know you said you grew up in Central Illinois, but tell us a little bit about where you grew up uh, and why you're, where, why you're at where you're at now and what, what you like yep. most about it.
2: Um, I,
1: uh,
2: I grew up in Edinburgh,
1: Illinois. My dad was the superintendent
2: at King K South Fork and then, uh, was the well, principal and superintendent there. We moved from Edinburgh to Lexington, Illinois, uh, okay. the big city of Lexington, um, <laughs> with, you know, 1500 people instead of a thousand when I was a uh, freshman in high school. And then, um, I went to college for a year. I went to Augustana and realized um, about the same time that the school realized school wasn't for me, I realized school wasn't for me. <laughs> and so I uh, ended up quitting uh, school and um, working for a central Illinois guy, a Harlan Geyser, at Bloomington Computers, installing wiring for computer systems. And then that turned into working at an electrician as an electrician, and then just kind of always stayed around Central Illinois until recently. So that's, that's why it's here or
0: there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great, Aaron. Appreciate you taking us through the speed round there. So, um, Mm -hmm. we mentioned you're the CEO of room ready. You already Mm -hmm. gave us kind of a background of where you grew up. Tell us about professionally. Um, I guess first off what room ready is and how you got, um, established and tied in with room ready. So room ready, um, room
2: ready we install meeting room technology primarily now for fortune 500 companies uh post-covid that's we're moving way down market obviously right because everybody uses video now Mm -hmm. um but initially it was just fortune 500 companies and the way i got there was um uh once i quit school i started working for blue computers they um worth considering getting out of the cabling part of the business. And so I started looking around for a electrician to work for, because that's where a lot of the work was going. I took a job at Ryan Electric in Springfield. Um, Dennis worked for Dennis Ryan there for, he hired me when I was 19 or 20 uh, to run the, to run their um, uh, cabling division and start doing low voltage cabling for him. He was an awesome mentor. I learned a ton from him. I still, to this day, have no idea why he put up with me in that, in that job. (laughs) Uh, I did that for a few years. My brother, Philip was going to seminary. He bumped into Luke Zeller at church, Luke, uh, his parent, his dad and his uncle own Zeller electric. So Mm -hmm. I started talking to them. It took about a year to make the decision to go to work for Zeller electric. And then I worked for Zeller for four years, uh, and built up that business. And, um, In 2000, the beginning of 2006, I went to Dave and John and said, you know, I I think I want to, I think I want to work for myself. I'd like to buy out the division of the business that I'm running. And uh, eventually they said yes. And we started that transition. And then in 2007, uh, very beginning of 2007, we separated, started, started, they allowed me to buy the name from them. So I had Zeller Digital Innovations was the name of the business. And we started just doing low voltage cabling, physical security, fiber optics, uh, that, that type of thing. And then um, uh, the more, so we grew the business really quick after I bought it from them. They're ultra conservative, like business, you know, like, 10% 10% growth year over year, always be profitable, always, you know, control everything. And I was like, gas pedal, like, this is too slow. I can't do this. Like I got to go, go, go. So we, when we bought him out in, um, had a business partner at the time and, uh, Mike Strauss is his name. He's a great dude. He ran the office. Cause all I knew how to do is be an electrician. I had no idea how to pick taxes and payroll and, and stuff. Right. So Mike was my <laughs> business partner and then, um, uh, we ended up taking a bunch of work for Walmart. We ended up, we wanted a contract with them and we grew from eight, I think we had eight or 12 employees, right. When we started from Zeller that came over with us. Um, and, uh, uh, four of the, three of those guys still work with me. I was actually just talking to HR about how we're going to put a 15-year club together because we've just <laughs> 15 years in business and there's four of us that started the business that, that are still there. Nice. Anyway, we went from 12 people to 60 employees uh, wiring Walmarts primarily around Florida. Um, and then that was 2007, 2008. And then with the 2008 kind of like crash, uh-huh. we didn't end up, Walmart came to us and said, you can have as many stores as you want, but your prices have to go down ten percent, right? To grow, and and there was no way. So we said, um, "We'll do as many stores as you want us to do, but our prices are going up ten percent." And they picked zero as the number of stores they wanted us to do. Uh, so anyway, so then the evolution then was. Okay, what can we do? What can we put focus on to be unique? And at the time, we thought the audio video was a really big opportunity. It's really fragmented market. The con the contractors that were in the space, at least locally in Central Illinois, weren't weren't good at dealing with construction sites. That you know they didn't know how to fit into the the process of building a building and how to communicate well. And we we did because we did that on the cabling side, right, and uh, on the electrical side. And so we started to focus on audio video systems. And then um we did that for a couple of years. And that part of the business grew really rapidly. And then um we realized that meeting rooms were something that nobody really paid a lot of attention to. It wasn't that sexy. It was kind of boring. Uh, and we had an opportunity to start just doing meeting rooms. And then you know what you 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 want to be good at something, you focus on it, right? So we did meeting rooms, got to the point where the rest of the business, the cabling and security, we, we weren't doing it at a level I felt like we were competing with, you know, like knowledge-wise, we weren't the best at it. Um, and so we just kept like pointing that light on AV, right? And it was a meeting room, meeting room, meeting room. And so now, and then within that, we developed the brand, the RoomReady brand, and then, um, you know, and the rest is history, as they say, right? Like you, you just keep focusing on it. And so now we, we install. Well, we have employees in 17 states this week. This week, we'll be in 25 different states installing meeting rooms. Um, and that's, that's all we do. So, wow.
1: So, how many total employees does Room Ready have?
2: 125 full time employees right now. And then we have um, at least 20 somewhere between 25 and 50 subcontractor partners that are in the field with our,
0: our guys every week
2: doing rooms. So wow. that's awesome. Wow. So
0: mm-hmm. you said at this point in time, you've got employees in 25 different States doing installs. So is uh, there, what is your geographic region? Is this United States or beyond the United States or just wherever you're doing? Um, we have uh, so we do the continental U
2: S and Caribbean with our own technicians, and then we have a partner network and we have a company that we've licensed the room ready brand to that's based in london and called room ready global and then they have offices throughout the globe i think in i think in 12 different countries and then we leverage them to do um our global deployments and that's about somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of our business depending on the year but when you're when you do work for fortune 500 companies I mean, there's there's very few of them that are only in the U.S., right? And so every one of their first questions are, tell us about your global strategy. And when we didn't have a global strategy, a lot of times they would just say, like, next, please, right? Uh-huh. Even though we knew, and even when we say, like, it's only 10% of your rooms, they're like, yeah, but if you don't have a strategy, you can't be our partner. And so we had to develop one. And, um, yeah, so so they do a couple hundred rooms a year for us, probably, and good partners and
1: I think we've worked with them now for five or six years. So, wow, I'm interested to know how did you get into the Fortune 500 companies? You know, how, what do you do to attract yourself? I mean, what marketing? You know, networking? You know, things like that to get into these companies.
2: Um. So in two uh, 2011, my brother used to work with me, um, Jay, and Jay's Jay's brilliant. Jay's Jay runs product development now for Polly that just got purchased from HP for $3 billion, right? So, wow. so Jay's a sharp dude. <laughs> and Jay worked with me and he and I were going back and forth on um, well, how do we set ourselves apart in the marketplace? And and so I don't know if you guys ever heard the sale, saying, right? The best the best way to make progress is to uh, have a novice and an expert work on a problem. Right. And yeah. So uh, Jay was the expert by far. Right. And I was the novice <laughs> by far. And so I just kept questioning like, but, but why, but why, but why? And we finally got to a point where we realized like, so we, we had a relationship with Cisco systems. One of the executives there said, I asked him, how can we be relevant to Cisco? And he said, make rooms that don't suck. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, tell me you're the expert like you're the one trying to be relevant figure it out right it's like wow okay that went a lot different than i hoped it would i was hoping (laughs) him to like tell me but jay and i go back and i go back to jay and we're we're trying to solve the problem and he says i want and the cisco guy says i want to be able to put a meeting room in any place in the country i want you guys to give me one price anywhere in the country and he said the obvious way to do that is you inflate the price, but I need you to be competitive. So if you can figure out how to be competitive in any place in the country with with a price um, and compete against a local integrator, that that would be relevant. And so the way you do that is you eliminate variables, right? So you start thinking about how can we, how do we eliminate the unknown? How do we create consistency? And Jay uh, had this idea that if we mounted all the equipment, this is right when plasma TVs were coming out. If we mounted all the equipment behind the plasma TVs, we could eliminate cable runs. We Installation time would go down. Um, and then there was some other, um, it's hard to explain, but um, the way the systems are wired and designed was really complex. And there was a way to take that complexity out, one, by putting the equipment behind the display. And then two, um, using some of the technology different than was, re- was done then. That, was done. Now it's the industry standard to do it that way. But when we started doing it, it nobody else did it. We actually have 11 patents on the process wow. and the equipment wow. that we developed. Yeah. So sorry to make a short story long, uh, we <laughs> uh, invented a mount that goes behind a TV that holds all the equipment, allows us to do installs more effectively and efficiently than, and consistently than other integrators. We patented that mount. We still use it today. Um, And then we patented the process by which you plug in the components, the order you do that, which then creates consistency. So then we could go to a big company like a Fortune 500 company and say to them, I can put a room in any meeting room in the US for the same price. You give me the list of rooms and I'll give you a quote to do that. And and that was revolutionary at the time. And, And basically we were the one saying, everyone else, all the other integrators were saying, that's impossible. You need to do this big survey. You need to do um, a site survey in all these rooms will, will create a plan, hire us, create the plan. And I said, give me a list of rooms and take a picture of each of the rooms and send it to me just to confirm that I can do it and we can do it. And so, you know, when, when you have, so some of our biggest customers, right, which we're not supposed to say names, so very large retail um, sporting goods, clothing um, manufacturer based in Oregon that we do work for. Uh, they have have 6,000 rooms globally, right? So when you start to talk to them about the consistency that you can create across the whole organization and it's not Mm -hmm. regionalized or even localized, that becomes a pretty compelling conversation. Even compelling enough to the point where they'll give a small business from normal Illinois the opportunity to to do their rooms, right? And that was what we had to overcome. Um, And then once we got over the technical part of it, um big companies like that don't want to sign up vendors right it's a pain in the ass to 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 do that so we came up with a strategy where we would work through large IT companies it was just still our strategy so we work with companies like Presidio and CDW and WWT because they have a buying agreement with all of those big companies and if we could just negotiate one time our relationship with them then we knew we could always sell it in so so once we got that hurdle out of the way then um then we then it was easy for it was easy for that fortune 500 company to work with us far easier than any other av integrator so then
0: that's what gave us the ability to build from normal so wow Wow. holy cow well you know the one thing that sticks out to me in in what you just talked about it goes back to how you were describing room ready when you were first kind of designing the the business you said um oh if if you want to get good at something you want to focus on it if you're good at something you might as well focus on it so that's one thing that i think anybody listening to this can take from this is they're focusing on doing you know something one thing really really good you -hmm. don't have to design this and that and be this to everybody and that to everybody if you're good at it go all in with it and Mm -hmm. then you can expand from there Um, so that's one thing you know I'm assuming I understand which brand you're talking about in Oregon. Um, most people have an idea if you just Google athletic brand based in Oregon, <laughs> you'll figure out what that brand is. Exactly, and you have a um, couple options, but you can narrow <laughs> it down. So that's a small, like you said, a small company from Central Illinois. I think a lot of people in Central Illinois limit themselves because they think, oh, you know, I'm just from I'm from little old Edinburgh or little old Lexington <laughs> or little old yeah. Shelbyville if you want to do something and if you've got the drive and motivation, you can find something, use the tools that you have at your disposal to go all in on that one thing. And then you could be working Uh with a brand like that and building a, a a business that works with fortune 500 companies. Uh So that's what all, everything that you've said, that's the one thing that sticks out to me is focusing on your niche. So (laughs) do you feel like that's been a big part of your success is focusing on that niche? hundred percent. I mean, focus is what
2: helps you solve problems. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. then the reality also that it's not going to be one problem to solve. Right. Like for us, Hey, we had this really awesome solution. Um, We, we could do it better than anybody, but then we couldn't get the customers to buy from us. Right. Because Mm -hmm. nobody's going to sign up a vendor. We couldn't even do a proof of concept unless we want to do it for free. Right. Because they wouldn't buy it. So okay, how do we solve that problem? And then you have to get creative. And then every, and then every body told us like that was a terrible idea. Nobody's going to bring a competitor in, right? And so it's just the you have to be unwilling to hear when you hear no, you have to be unwilling to accept it. It's like okay, well, what's the reason why they're giving me the no? And then. You can decide if it's b s or not. And they might be right, right? Like, well, nobody's going to want to do that because here's the obstacles Like, okay, well, now I have some other problems to solve, and you just keep keep going, right? and if and if the, if it's worth it to you, you'll do it, right? And so, I mean, I I, mean, I had a young family. It was always worth it to me to keep going, right? I I really don't care that much about (laughs) meeting rooms, right? Or uh, I mean, I like it; it's cool, but it's not my passion. It was my brother's. It is my brother's passion. Um, I, I just wanted to be successful, right? And so, to me, it was like, can I provide? And specifically, it was I want to give my family opportunities that are uncommon, right? And I want to give them. I want them to be able to do things that other people don't get to do, and and so that's what what my focus was in yeah. why I never took no for an answer. Or if I did, I was always like, okay, well, well, sorry, Aaron, the, my wife. This irritates by the dickens out of my wife some people are like Aaron that's against the rules and I would like, say the rules don't apply to me I'll figure yeah. this out right and uh, <laughs> he, it makes her boil when I say that so I'll yeah. see what how, how it goes after she listens to this podcast but wow. <laughs> that's
1: no great. Derek and I talk about it a lot you know you talked about a solution you've talked about a niche you know we, we incorporate a lot of those things into what we do as well and uh yeah, it's, it's one of those things that if you're willing to figure out the solution, you know, price always comes into play. But in the long yeah. run, if you can help somebody make something that is a headache to them easier and better and can offer a solution, it's amazing that at the end of the discussion, price kind of goes out of the door. How can you make their yeah. life easier? You know, and it sounds like that's what you guys have dove into. So that's awesome. It's value, right? Yeah. Um,
2: our rooms aren't cheaper than anybody else's. Yeah. They work better they the the mount that we put up behind the tvs doesn't require backing so now you have to buy a 800 hundred dollar piece of hardware from us but you don't have to spend two thousand on the room right and so to be able to communicate that yeah we're more expensive but here's why it's a better value um yeah. that, that was really i mean
0: and then layered right so nope. yeah so i want to shift a little bit you know in your ceo shoes you mentioned you've got employees across 17 states, I believe it was. Yeah. So, you know, obviously that's that's more common today than it was five years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Um, what are some of the hurdles that you run across when you're managing employees across, you know, pre- pretty much the nation and trying to keep everybody motivated? What are some things that um, you've run across hurdle wise and how do you solve those? Well, well, well one
2: um, you shouldn't hire unmotivated people because then you have to spend time motivating them, right? So just hire people <laughs> that true. are motivated and you can check that off your list of things yep. to do, um, two, uh, I mean, CEO's job is to control culture, right? So it's always take the time to talk to people and get to know people. And, um, I don't do that as well as I should probably, but I have a really great, um, people, an experienced team for HR that, that drives that culture. Right. And then that comes from, from me through them and they spend the time on the blocks and tackles with that. Um, And then I think just being willing to be vulnerable, right. We, we tell people in our company way more than what most organizations, especially private organizations tell. I mean, we, every quarter, we tell our, all of our employees, revenue, profitability, how much, you know, like how much we made, um, for the quarter, how much we're making for the year, what our projections are. Uh, a lot of financial details go into that. And and so we want to be transparent with people. So I don't think we're hiding anything. It, it's fun to say those things now when it's good. It was terrifying when, it, when we had bad times financially, right? During COVID, our goal was to build, prior to COVID, our goal was to build a thousand hours a week of billable field time. That was kind of our speedometer of if things were going well or not. The the third week into covid we were billing 10 hours a week. Oh wow. 10 total. We went from yeah. 890 to 10 like 400 oh, 110, okay. 10, right? So, wow. That was terrifying, right? And and so we did yeah. a weekly call with our employees through that. Hey, we don't know what's going on, but um we're going to tell you what we heard or what we what we're thinking, right? And I think mm-hmm. that um that was really really great. And then we we came in and we we told everybody in that we were gonna to have to do a rolling furlough. We were gonna avoid layoffs, but everybody was gonna to have to take um, one week off every five weeks, right? And that would be a 20% reduction in costs for us, one unpaid week. So you could plan it if you want to request it, if you had a vacation. And I, I remember going into that meeting thinking like, this is gonna suck so bad. And just waiting for the backlash, and all I got was like, like thanks and praise that nobody got laid off, and that we could all do it as a team. And wow. so I was just, um, just sometimes just gotta wait into it, be vulnerable, and like be willing sure. to get hit in the nose, and then sometimes you get a hug. <laughs> it's,
1: yeah. It's nice. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Wow. I can imagine. Yeah, that that would be, um, and I'm sure a lot of businesses are now moving. I feel like maybe you are a leader, especially in Central Illinois, to have a more remote workforce you know, even pre COVID now you're seeing some of the, the business mindsets going to, okay, we can loosen up. We can let people work from home remotely. Um, You know, I, I know for us it's good because we have the confidence that our people can still get their job done, even if they are working from home. Um, And I know that's, that was something that um, COVID, you know, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad that came from it. That I think is a good side of businesses understanding, okay, I can, loosen up the, the grip a little bit. My people are still engaged. They're still, you know, putting in the time and effort to make this thing run. So I think that's a good thing. And you're sounds like you're a leader in that side of things.
1: Well,
2: when we, we sell video conferencing, right, that's our business. And so prior to COVID, our customers were those companies that were progressive in that, and, and we're leaning into giving their people that opportunity. So, mm-hmm. so one, it came natural to us because we had already been participating in this work from anywhere movement that a lot of the technology companies were trying to promote. And, and so we knew it was possible. What COVID did was, was fast forwarded that movement a decade. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. have another customer that's a really large financial partner based. That, I don't know where they're based, probably in New York, but they have a huge facility in um phoenix that we support twenty five thousand people work there right wow. so think about like wow. state form size yeah, of the yeah, organization yeah. and they had said we will never so we did video conference rooms from then we'd done five or six hundred uh and uh in in their offices and so, but it was always just so they could communicate from office to office and so we were talking to them about different things and the guy said like aaron we will never have work from home we're a, we're one of the oldest financial institutions in the country it'll never happen covid hit they moved all twenty five thousand people to work from home for a whole year and they yeah. and they were one of the slowest companies we work with to come back to the office so i mean it just forces you to do things different and and you know i i've sent a quote to our team like you know hard times kill weak companies they they challenge um they they you know they challenge good companies and and great companies improve because of it right and or something mm-hmm. like that i'm murdering that but but uh, yes, I mean they were a great company, right? They yeah took on that challenge and thrived. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they always say that the most dangerous words that a business owner can say is, "Well, that's the way we've always done it," right? <laughs> I hundred percent agree with that. And, and COVID changed that phrase big time. Yeah. yeah, it was not it was not an excuse. Well, and well, we say that, but there were a, a
2: lot of businesses that had the mentality that that went out of business, right? right. And so yep. we we've always done it this way, and then. We can't do anything about it. Um, and like the restaurants that moved quick into carryouts. And I you know I have I have a friend that owns a bar up in Lexington, Illinois, and they started making cock- signature cocktails and put them in growlers and they went to the city and got an ordinance change so that they could sell packaged liquor. Like it was again, like they don't know, they don't take no as an answer, right? And so they were able to make make enough money to stay open through it. Um,
0: and build brand and all that um yeah. because they w- weren't willing to do it the way they'd yeah. always done it you know yeah. and i bet their their customer loyalty and everything went up because well, of it yeah. as well yeah yeah that's crazy so the the beginning of covid sound like was pretty tough on you and your team as yeah. you went through covid and started to you know the video conferencing became big was did you see a big upswing you know towards the as everybody, everything started to loosen up a little bit so that during COVID, um
2: it, a lot of people thought, man, this has gotta be great for you because it's video. When you hang TVs on walls in the biggest cities in the country, it's not that great for you. Nobody was at their office, right? <laughs> sure, so we sure, were yeah, sure. a really long time. We were lucky enough that the the um like census of work that we had, we had several really big construction projects in big cities. Mm-hmm. that had to get done, right? They weren't going to just let a half a building sit and rot during it. So so we were able to redirect resources to do that. We had one customer that allowed us to go in and do like two or three years worth of maintenance because we had a, a support agreement with them. Mm-hmm. So he said, instead of like, obviously there's nobody in your office, we can't um, like monitor your meeting rooms, make sure they're successful, but we, why don't you let us go through and like fix everything that's broken that we couldn't because there are people using the rooms. So they let us do that, and that got us through COVID without any major blows financially. And then, as the world started to come back, uh, it took a little while because people were so skeptical, right? And mm-hmm. and and yet all these false launches, like, oh, we're going to be back in June. Oh, no, wait, August. No, wait, December. And then it just kind of kept doing that. Now the challenge is all those companies that kept like <laughs> like pumping the brakes. Now they need everything right away, and there's this supply chain catastrophe yeah, yeah. happening, right? And yeah. I mean, we have manufacturers that have fifty-eight week lead time oh, on hardware, cool. right? Wow. I keep telling them, like, <laughs> that's like saying that's like saying your five-year-old is sixty months old. Like at some point, yeah. it's a one-year lead time, dude. Like, uh, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wow. Anyway, but yeah, so it, it's been it's good now. We're busy we have a ton of work. We're, we're, we're blessed in that. And I, and just grateful that, that we, we were able to keep going, but we kept our foot on the gas. We, we also doubled marketing and sales um, expenditure wow. expenditures during COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we cut other things, we cut operational things, we cut
0: benefits for um, comp for some people. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Great. So we are actually, Aaron, we're getting close to the 30 minute mark. Okay. Um, so before we hop off of here, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with that you really want, you know, any messages, tips, ideas, um, whether it's about Central Illinois or otherwise? We used to say, um, we used to say that one of the
2: things that brought us success was that we took the Midwestern work ethic and exported it to the rest of the country, right? And that nobody was going to work harder than us, longer than us, period. Right. And uh and I really believe that if we wouldn't have been, if we wouldn't have been pulling our skilled trades out of Edinburgh, Shelbyville, Springfield, Lincoln, uh, it would have been a lot different future for us, right? So we got a lot of really hardworking guys and gals that came in and were just like I don't know if you want to say they had a chip on their shoulder, but they got, sure. they showed up and they proved that they could work. You know, yeah. you're used to wiring gas stations in Springfield, Illinois, and now you're in a 80 story building in downtown Manhattan and, <laughs> and dealing with, and and to hold your own, right? Like it just yeah. goes to show that there's a lot of really talented people in central Illinois. And um, we were able to capitalize on that and let, and by, by their willingness to work with us and take a risk. So no short like leverage it right realize yeah. it don't yeah. take it for granted so yeah
0: absolutely one of my favorite terms that um someone labeled me uh last year and, and i never thought of it but i i really liked the concept and it, it, like it's exactly what you said here and they said that the term was midwest grit i was like mm-hmm. man that that makes you feel just like you know watch me do it you know just watch mm-hmm. me do it we're gonna make it happen so i love mm-hmm. that term yeah, we, we did a job down in
2: Florida. We were wiring Walmart and we were behind and we had I don't know, we had probably 15 or 20 guys on site and we had four guys come from Central Illinois down to help get caught up and that I got there the second day and the guy that was in charge of that job for us said, "I don't know what you feed these boys." But this <laughs> is ridiculous, right? And and they were they just flat out worked everybody
0: and so I Yeah. you know, anyway. Yeah. 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 Hard, hard work them. pays off. Hey, these mm-hmm. are just our normal Central boys. Wait till we unleash the Amish guys yeah. on you. They'll, they'll yeah. work everybody. Guys,
2: the, the good guys were busy. Yeah, you got, you got yeah. our scrubs. <laughs> oh, that's
0: not true. Nice. Oh. Nice. Awesome. Well, all you listeners out there, make sure you're subscribing to the CIBL podcast and your favorite podcast platform. While you're there, please give us a quick review. You can also follow us on social media, mainly on LinkedIn and Facebook. You can connect with Garrett and I personally there as well. Until next time, Aaron. You've officially been civilized. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate
1: it. Thanks, Aaron. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash C-I-B-L podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. It's the civilized thing to do.